Throughout this season of Advent, we've been following the story in the Gospel of Matthew for our preaching time and hearing the prophecy in the book of Isaiah in our lay reading. And today, we are going to hear how the message came to Joseph that he was to name this child Emmanuel, to name this child Jesus. And we're going to consider on this December 22nd that we're almost there. And what might we learn from this word of Scripture? Hear now God's word. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son, and he named him Jesus. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Today we are talking about that, that moment on any journey in this series. We're talking about the journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem, but on any journey that you and I go on, that moment when we're almost there. This may be that time that the plane is coming in for a landing, or when we've been on a long trip where we're almost there and the journey is almost complete. This Advent journey that we are on actually understands that Christmas means Emmanuel, that God is with us. And we understand that Christmas is not so much a destination as it is a realization of that marvelous truth that God truly is with us. That's what Joseph realized in our scripture for this morning. He had a choice. He had already planned to dismiss Mary quietly, Matthew says. But he chooses to go on this journey because he recognizes God is with him. As we are almost there to Christmas on this Christmas Eve, 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 or whatever it is, we're almost there. What will we do? How will we react? I thought back in my life about journeys that I've taken growing up. 
I've told you that home for us, I guess, because we didn't have one, was Andrews, where my dad grew up. Andrews is at the tip of the state near Murphy. You cannot get there from here. You have to go through the Nanahala Gorge, and if you make it through the Nanahala Gorge, you still got to go away. It, no matter where we lived growing up, it took forever to get to granddad's. I was never really thrilled about going as a kid because it took so long. And my dad drove a Pinto and I rode on the emergency brake. So, uh, you know, three kids, the three older kids in the back, me on the emergency brake between the gear shift. It was a long way. But every time after we got through the gorge, we would all be asleep and dad would wake us up. Because there's a sign on the outskirts of Andrews that says, Welcome to Andrews. My father was an English major in undergrad, and when we were growing up, he spelled everything because he thought we ought to speak properly. Clearly, that didn't take. And we ought to know how to spell. Neither did that. So every time when we got to that sign, he would go, A-N-D-R-E-W-S, A-N-D-R-E-W-S, A-N-D-R-E-W-S. And we would all wake up and go, oh, golly. Mama would put on her lipstick and she would pull out a comb out of her purse and pass it around so we could comb our hair and act like we were bright-eyed and bushy-tailed to be there at granddad's, like we had just been waiting for the 90,000 hours it took to drive to be there. And let me tell you, as a kid, I didn't like going to granddad's. My granddad was a World War I veteran, and he lived through, he was a businessman during the Depression. He lost it all, so he really cared for things. In his house, every piece of furniture was covered with plastic. I kid you not, maybe you knew somebody like that. We went every Christmas, every Thanksgiving, and in the summer. The summer trips were the worst because you stuck to whatever you sat on. No door in that house totally closed. They all sort of stayed open, including the bathroom door, and it was just awful. Granddad could not hear a thing. You had to go, hey, granddad, glad we're here. And he'd go, huh? All the time. And in the room where I slept, there was this picture of little boy blue I, think, I remember him being on a horse, and I was pretty sure as soon as I fell asleep, he was going to gallop out of that and get me. I did not like going to granddaddy's. For me, it was a destination. It was just somewhere to go as a kid. Now, that would change later. But for my dad, it was a realization. It was the place where he wasn't Reverend Christie or Dr. Christie. He was little Johnny to everybody in that little town. And that just used to tickle me. Little Johnny was home. And it was the only place that I ever saw him lay down on a couch, ever. He would lay down on that plastic right on top of that and go to sleep, take a nap. Because for him... It was a realization that he was surrounded by love. As we consider our journey during Advent, I think that's not so unlike our relationship with God. You see, we have to make a choice. Is Christmas a destination 
Or is it a realization? Is it just another day to check off on the calendar and to say we survived everybody coming in or we survived going? Or is it a day when we recognize what we know all the time, that we are surrounded by God's love? Emmanuel, God is with us. You see, as I think about that, it makes me read this Joseph story a little bit differently. Joseph learned that God is with us. I imagine him on that journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem, just walking along going, E-M-M-A-N-U-E-L. E-M-M-A-N-U-E-L. And I imagine Mary being great with child going, Oh my gosh, please stop it, Joseph. But you know what? We're better because Joseph understood Emmanuel. God is with us. What I love about this scripture is after this, we don't hear much about Joseph. We don't know what becomes of Joseph. And that's awesome because it's not the point. It is not about him. It is about Jesus. Just as it's not about us. It is about being surrounded by the amazing love of Jesus Christ. We're almost there. Just three days away. We're almost there. So how will we react? Will we treat it as a destination or a realization? In the scripture that Kelly Ray read for us from Isaiah and in the scripture that Matthew quotes here... uh, The prophecy says, I'll show you a sign. The virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel. Pointing to the fact that God is with us. Do we hold on to that? Or do we hold on to things that just don't matter? On May 31st of 2020, this church will have a big old worship service to celebrate 150 years of being a church. Now, friends, let me just tell you, a church doesn't get to be 150 by arguing about the color of a carpet, by really obsessing about a building, by caring about who's on what committee. A church gets to be 150 by claiming and proclaiming the name of Jesus above all else. A church gets to be 150 by saying our purpose is to claim the love of Jesus on babies when they're born, on marriages when they come together, to invite people home to God when they pass. Our purpose is Jesus Christ. We get to be 150 by claiming the presence of God with us. This week I had opportunity to talk with some friends in a community where Pam and I used to live. uh, And all our kids are the same age. Our kids went through uh, preschool and elementary school together. 
And as I was talking with them, they were bemoaning the fact that in their church they don't have young people. And they said, our kids aren't coming to church because they don't think the church is relevant. Now I'm going to shock you by what I say. So just listen to get it in context and send your emails to jwestmoreland at FUMC Gastonia. <laughs> They think the church is irrelevant, and here's what I want to say. I agree with them. If the church is the end-all, be-all, we've missed the point. It is about Jesus Christ. Are we proclaiming, give so we can pay the light bill, or give because God has given His best to you in Jesus Christ? Are we saying we have to have somebody on this committee or we need somebody to ring a bell so other people can be fed? You see, the church is a conduit to get us to Jesus Christ. It is not the end-all, be-all. Do we give our soul to the church or do we give it to Jesus? As somebody that is giving my life to serving in the church, this is really important to me. It isn't about a building or even a group of people. It is about the wonderful counselor, king, almighty God, whose name is Jesus Christ. Do we proclaim God with us or bemoan the people who aren't with us? Friends, it's not about the destination of God being out there somewhere if we just do enough good deeds. It's about the realization that God is with us, even in our brokenness. Driving in the car to granddaddy's house, I think part of the reason I didn't want to go as a kid was it was so far And I was leaving my friends at home. I thought this week how different life would be today if I had a phone and I could text them all the time and never pay attention to this great man of faith, my grandfather. But dad's home became a home to me after a while. See, as a kid, I was jealous of my dad because he had a home to go home to. We didn't. There was nowhere that we could go, no home that was home, no house that was there. But eventually, you know, I'm a little slow, it took time. But growing up, I realized Dad wasn't celebrating a house. He was different because he was celebrating love around him. God with us. It's what you and I are called to celebrate. Emmanuel, God with us, speaks to all of us. It both comforts and challenges us. If you read this book and you're only comforted, you aren't reading it right. (laughs) Because it ought to challenge each of us. We don't have all the answers. If you read this book and you're only challenged, you aren't reading it right. Because it provides tremendous comfort. God both challenges us and comforts us. So stay at it. There is hope 
and there is truth and there is meaning. Don't stop. Get ready because if you need comforting, you will receive it. If you need challenging, you will receive it. The realization is that Christmas is coming. We're almost there. Please don't let it be a destination. I pray for all of us that it may be a realization that God is with us. Let's pray. God, thank you for your promise on our lives. Thank you for calling us into relationship and reminding us that no matter what we are going through, you are with us. We don't have to wait out there for something to happen. You are already with us in your gift of Jesus Christ. May we share that good news with everyone we encounter. We love you and thank you for your presence with us. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen.